Welcome to the Edge Conservation Podcast, where we bring you the latest in innovation, insight, and efforts on the front lines of wildlife conservation in Africa and around the world. I'm your host, Kira Dorian. And today, on the very first podcast episode, we're going to talk with the president of Edge, who's hosting this podcast, Nathan Edmondson. Nathan is in L.A., and I am in Seattle, and our producer, Eric, is in Seattle in a different spot. And hi, Nathan. How are you? I'm great, Kira. The wonders of technology. We're all here. I know. It's amazing. And it's so cool because the podcast really uses that because we talk to people literally all over the world, which is so amazing. So we're grateful for modern technology. Absolutely. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Edge? Because Edge is driving this podcast. It's such an exciting idea. So why don't you just, because people are starting to listen to the podcast, probably listening to this first episode. So why don't you just tell everyone what Edge is about and what you're doing with them um, and why a podcast? Let's start there. Okay. So Edge is a 501c3. We're a nonprofit group that uh, was founded out of need based on some disparate, but very unique and innovative work being done in counter-poaching, especially in uh, uh, the rhino war and also in other conservation efforts for African wildlife. Um, Founded U.S. Special Operations uh, combat veterans, as well as some key minds in the scientific community. And I, you know, came together as a, a, a coordinator for this group. And one of the things that you know, is important in our efforts is while some things have to be protected for security, and you know, we do some things in the shadows, we want to shine a light on um, the the doers. We are a a support organization. We show up to support those who put their lives on the line and those who uh, live this life uh, kind of on behalf of all of humanity, protecting wildlife that would otherwise go quickly extinct. Uh, And in that sense, we have a spirit of wanting to highlight you know, those who, who deserve to be recognized for their heroic work. Um, and so we have a, a media side. We've put together videos, you know, promoted stuff on social media. And as a fan of podcasts, uh, myself and a frequent listener on many long drives, including long drives across different African countries we work in, um, I, I had to say, we, we keep hearing stories and, and meeting really intriguing people whose stories I think should be shared. And I'm not sure... Uh, this was a seed that I had in my mind, a little idea. Um, and then I called a mutual friend of ours, Kira, and told him that I had this idea. And he said, I know some people who can help. So, uh, yeah. So my question for you is why are you the host and why are you such an excellent host and why are you involved? (laughs) Well, I'm the host because our mutual friend suggested that I might be a good pick for the show. And it's been such a such a blessing. I am a voice actor and I also am a podcast host. I host a different podcast as well. And so what is that podcast? Oh, I host a a podcast called Raising Adults, a future focused parenting. It's a parenting podcast. And um, and I have African roots. My father is from South Africa. And so I grew up definitely with like African culture in my home and in in our blood. And I went to visit for the first time after college for a month and I met family I hadn't met before and we went on safari. And I mean, it was just, it was an incredible experience. And so I was so excited to hop on board this project because it's meaningful to me on a bunch of different levels. And I also have the experience of hosting a podcast and working a mic and all of that. So it would just seem like a really, 
a really perfect fit. Well, I think it is. First of all, I need to, as a parent myself, I need to listen to your podcast. Um, I certainly (laughs) am in need of plenty of tips. (laughs) I am eager to bring my kids to experience, um, you know, all the stuff we're doing in Africa. Uh, but that, that is unique. Uh, cause I didn't know about this when I think we first spoke that you, you have a bridge to our areas of operation, you know, and I think that that has, uh, gives you unique insight because I, I think the interesting thing about the approach of this podcast is nobody, I'm not an expert in anything we do. I'm learning and I have no authority or expertise in any of the subject material of this podcast, which means I am a fan. So I get to listen to this. It's of the episodes we've done. I've only listened to a handful because I want to listen to most of them when they drop as a true, you know, fan and listener. Um, but you know, you are in a unique place to at least be able to ask, uh, intelligent questions with some background. Uh, but let's talk about the, the guests that we've invited and talked to because in this first season, uh, if we're going to call it that, the, the guests that we've had on have been spectacular and all of them have incredible expertise. And so you're a great host because you can approach all of them. And it's not like, oh, we need to only talk to people that, uh, you know, Kira can talk to in a way that there's shared expertise and experience. No, you have like the wit, intelligence and approach to just interview these people and get something new from each one of them. And I've appreciated that in the episodes I've heard. So um, we're not just interviewing people from Africa, though, right? No. And this is the thing that I've loved about working on this podcast is I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I may have African roots and I have some information, but I feel like I have learned so much from doing these interviews. And just because I'm an innately curious person, like I tend to be nosy and ask a lot of questions anyway, um, it has been delightful to talk to all these different people in all these different places who are really doing all this different work. I mean, we've talked from to everyone from a guy who works with elephants to a guy who runs a coffee company that's changing the world to a woman who specializes in giraffe to a famous artist and a director. I mean, it's just been incredible. So for me, it's like I'm gaining that wealth of knowledge as we go as well. Yeah. One of the things that I think is very valuable, and, and by the way, we looked and there's no podcast like this. You know, there, there's just nothing. And that's why I knew there was an opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a, like conservation, you know, we, we say it all the time and it kind of sounds like a, a dumb mantra, but, you know, it's a community effort. It's a global effort. Um, a lot of the like any like any kind of science, there is no not necessarily any right answer. So even if we talk to three people working in the same area, they'll have different approaches, experiences and perspectives. And I think that one of the wonderful effects of this podcast is bringing those viewpoints together to see that lots of people are approaching the protection of wildlife from, uh, you know, in different ways. And that we, I hope that everybody who has joined us as a guest also listens to the others and that we can kind of learn from each other. I know I'm constantly learning as a participant in this nonprofit effort, but I also expect and have, I'll learn from all these guests and see things like, Oh, wow. And you know, when, when I know Chris, who will be on one of the first episodes who runs higher grounds, when he talked about, um, uh, the sustainability, uh, which is an, an overused word, but when he talks about it, you suddenly realize, you know, how important the entire chain of production of coffee that ends up in his cup or in his bag and starts with an area where they are protecting the wildlife. Like every step of it, I had a totally new idea on how it worked, even though a lot of the terms and ideas thrown in there 
were ideas I felt like I'd heard or, or thrown around a hundred times, but the intelligence and experience with which he talked about it uh, completely changed, you know, what I thought I knew. Yeah, I totally agree. That was one of my favorite episodes. And actually, we started buying his coffee. We will, we will not buy any other coffee. I was so moved by that particular episode. So I'm excited that that's going to be out there pretty early in the season, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. So we, you know, that there that was a guy that, I, as I mentioned, I met in Costa Rica on a rock out in the water. It was a very strange situation. But here he is devoting his life, you know, to to this effort. And I expect that this podcast can go on for a very long time because we keep like every time we interview one person, they say, well, you should also talk to this person. Or every time I'm asking around, there's so many stories and so many people. And you start to realize that, you know, these animals aren't so alone, but also you realize this is a huge, huge issue. And, uh, as you know, we interviewed, I believe yesterday, I haven't heard it, but I heard it went well, uh, Louis Sahoyos who directed racing extinction and the cove, you know, I know that in racing extinction, he, that's, well, it's about racing extinction that, that a number of species are headed for extinction very quickly. And, uh, there is a huge gap in our understanding. So in this podcast, we can, you know, we can reach out directly to the front lines to these people unfiltered. It's not packaged in marketing material and thrown up on a billboard or a commercial, uh, that is easy to gloss over. Here's people talking with no BS, frankly, and nothing between, you know, and you just sit there and ask these tough questions and get really, really straight answers. So I think that this podcast is going to be an incredible educational resource for people who aren't on the front lines of any of these efforts. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think what's been so interesting as we've been recording episodes is there is a legitimate through line to pretty much what everyone is saying. Like if you listen to enough of these episodes, there's a message that's really, really clear about how we can actually fix this problem. What are the steps necessary to do that and how we need to be engaging with the next generation. So like my kids, your kids, um, to help them raise up and help be a part of the solution as well. So it's been that's been particularly interesting for me is as we've spoken with all these guests, you know, in some ways they have totally different approaches, but the fundamental principles behind how we fix the problem seem to be very very similar. Yeah, indeed. And and I think that uh yeah, I I'm excited about this approach. I like our theme song. We've uh um and by the way, we should mention Eric who is recording this is a part of this production team. So uh, can you tell us how this works? So when somebody comes calls in or when we call somebody like how, how does this end up, you know, in, in your AirPods? Oh, sure. It's pretty amazing. Actually, it is that modern technology. So I have a little home studio. The big joke on my parenting podcast, Raising Adults, is that it's in my laundry room. <laughs> which is really appropriate as a mom for me to like work in my laundry room. Um, so I have a little home studio in my laundry room and Eric has like a proper amazing studio at his house because he's awesome. Um, and we're both in Seattle, but we actually patch in to each other. So uh, we use something called Source Connect to patch to each other. And then our guests Skype in and Eric sort of does his engineering magic and merges it all together. And we have uh, you know, uh, what sounds like a perfect recording of an interview. It's kind of amazing. I was totally impressed with the quality when this came together. It's been way better than ever I imagined it would be. And our episodes are about uh, 
30 to 45 minutes long, right? Yeah, we kind of like to get get in, get the information, get out, and allow listeners to kind of hear the best of what everyone we're talking to has to offer. Yeah, and we want to go back to these people. So we get, you know, here's what they're doing, and we go back to them. Here's what they've done over the past year. Here's what's changed, uh, you know, and I think it'd be great to build relationships with a lot of these people. Um, and, and so, you know, you talked about Edge. Edge is producing this or co-producing it with you and Eric, uh, but it's not necessarily about edge, but I do think we, uh, will be excited to, to give some updates from the field of work that we are doing. Um, but this is an opportunity for us to be collaborative with other efforts around the world as an organization and hopefully, you know, humble, uh, in a humble way. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I think this is, this is just a cool thing that we're able to put together, but it existed solely as sort of a rough sketch idea until uh, you and Eric came along. I think one of the cool things about Edge is that that's what Edge does already. Edge is already collaborative. I mean, it's something I think that's quite unique about your organization because you are so boots on the ground. And so the the work does get spread to lots of different places. Does that make sense? It does. And that's that's certainly our instinct. I mean, I have uh, for somebody who has a lot of ego, I have very little ego in this. Uh, and it's, it's very hard to have ego when, you know, okay, I've worked fundraising for a couple months. Like, you know, I, I am, uh, packing bags in the garage right now, trying to figure out how on earth I'm going to fit, uh, a, uh, a massive solar panel and radios and night vision cameras and like all of this stuff that, uh, I now have to travel alone with because my number two in the organization, uh, broke her collarbone a couple of days ago and had to have surgery, uh, emergency surgery. So, you know, here I'm doing all of this and it feels tough and it feels difficult. And then I show up on the ground along with the team and you see people with, you know, leopard attack scars who literally give their life and literally go out and risk their life every day for wildlife. And that's something I have never done and I've never come close to doing. So no matter how difficult this is, now I put it together you can't stand in front of the of people like that and think that, you know, you have put in the same effort that they do. So we, I believe that what wildlife conservationists do, they do on behalf of all of humanity. Um, because if a species is lost, if that is destroyed, it's, you know, not just, Oh, well, that's a shame that Namibia lost their rhino. No, we all did. Everybody did. My children, their children have lost this forever. And so I think that, uh, recognizing that these efforts are, um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to, to approach these people with a lot of humility because, uh, I'm just grateful. I feel like a guest every time I'm over there, I feel like a fan, you know, I am a lover of wildlife. I am so excited to just get to drive somewhere where you're driving past elephants and we have elephants we work with. It's to me, I'm a fan. I feel so grateful. And I, and it's the same for me in this podcast. I'm legitimately excited <laughs> to hear some of the interviews I haven't heard yet. I feel incredibly humbled that we've had uh, Oscar-winning directors. We've had this woman who spent um, a ton of time in Antarctica, right? Uh, I wish I got to talk to her about her experience. <laughs> uh, she she works with penguins and looks at, you know, I wish, uh, can you imagine if we were able to get all these people together in a room at some point? Oh, my gosh. 
That would be amazing. No, I feel the same way. Eric and I talk almost almost every time we finish an episode, we hang up and Eric and I have a little chat. And we're both like, I can't believe this is our job. It's so cool. And it it really, I mean, yes, I'm asking questions and, and I'm engaged in working. But it for me, I feel like I'm listening to a podcast every time I do one of these interviews because it is. It's educational. I learn so much. I grow in my relationship with this cause every single time do you have any uh, dream guests like people you know are out there that uh, you hope we get on well nathan as you may recall when you hired me i said look the goal is leonardo dicaprio like we've got to be working toward leonardo dicaprio because my 17 year old self <laughs> needs to be like hi leo it's so nice to meet you <laughs> So I would say that is my goal. I also um, recently heard about this amazing 16-year-old Greta Tooney. Have you heard of her? She's Swedish? Yeah, we we follow her on uh, Twitter. And she's about to win the Peace Prize? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it would be amazing to get her on the show and just hear because she – here's the thing. What's, again, one of the most common themes in all the episodes is the idea of education, education, education for the next generation. It, it keeps coming back to that. It's like if kids don't have exposure to the animals physically, tangibly, how can they care about something they've never seen or they've never been exposed to? And so that education, education piece. And so it would be so interesting to talk to someone of that next generation who clearly has been moved to do something. I just think that would be incredible. Uh, well, you know, we we have certainly had some already that I am uh, really, really thrilled to have had on and and it's like you know you become an immediate fan of and and have so much respect for what they're doing i uh yeah i mean i really like having on the front lines people who don't have a lot of notoriety who aren't hugely famous uh you know for what they do i i think that shining a light on them is is an excellent thing and i i just love the stories from the ground and the front lines and those perspectives that said we did reach out this week i believe to marty stauford who was the host of Wild America, which I watched with my dad uh, every week growing up. And it, you know, one of the first nature documentaries, you know, out there, one of the the first, you know, uh, guys to ever do this kind of thing. And uh, I, yeah, I hope he responds. His voice is in my head. It was part of my childhood, you know, hearing him describe wildlife. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope he responds and I hope he joins. So he's, he's somebody up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, there, there's like, it just, it keeps unfolding. Like, Oh, what about this person? What about this person? And looking at it from all angles, we're talking, uh, you know, to the head of story, I think from the lion King, um, which I think is great. They did a lot of research and when the new lion King launches, I think there's going to be a whole new generation that is inspired to, uh, have an affection for wildlife that they live far away from. Yeah. I think that one of the things that's particularly interesting about some of the people we've interviewed who may not be celebrity or or particularly well-known is some of their innovative, creative ideas. Um, I remember we spoke with the head of the Corbett Foundation, and what the Corbett Foundation is doing is just – it's like unlike anything else I've heard before, the way that they're trying to really resolve this human-animal conflict um, because that's really what – what's at the bottom of this issue, right, is ultimately humans are trying to survive and animals are trying to survive and humans keep 
putting themselves first, essentially. Um, and how do, But how do we still meet the needs of the humans? And that's really one of the things I got out of that interview that was so incredible was, you know, this doesn't always come from, I think people think of poaching as like, oh, it's fun to shoot an animal, and, you know, or it's greed. And it's some of that. But some of it is also survival. These people are trying to pay their bills and feed their families. And so... It's been really exciting to hear how some of these people are going about trying to also care for the humans. Because if the humans are cared for, then that means they're more likely to care for the animals when their needs are met. Indeed, yeah. I I'm really want to hear that one. I, uh, I think I've heard so far, we've got, what, 16 episodes that we will have when this launches. And I think I've only listened to maybe four uh, very intentionally, because <laughs> I uh, once I knew how good it was going to be, I said, "Okay, I'm I'm going to join the audience." It's rare that you get to be a fan of you know something. So, um, yeah. So I think that uh, you know podcasts are popular. I think what do we need from people? We need this to we need this to grow, right? We need people to post about it, talk about it, uh, you know, tweet about. Yeah, it's it. all about relevancy. This is what I discovered from my other podcast is it's so much about the relevancy and relevancy comes from exactly that from like social media, but also from ratings and reviews. So we kind of ask for that at the end of every episode, like, hey, if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five star rating and write us a review because those things really contribute to the relevancy. Yeah, I, I agree. I do it to all the podcasts I love. You know, uh, there's a C, there's now a C of podcast. So you need you need stuff to stand out. Um, I think we will stand out due to the caliber of guests that we have for sure. But um, there's still a lot of noise in the airwaves. So let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, we want people to join us and like make this a thing. I, I want to talk to people on Twitter about it. I or have our social media team talk and like just have engaged. We want recommendations from people. We had some this week. Who, who should we go interview? And people have great insight, great ideas, thing, you know, things we've never heard of. Oh, go look at this. Did you see this in the news? You know, did you uh, see this guy who's saving all these crocodiles? And, you know, did you hear about there's a, uh, we've got the, the director of the Big Bear Alpine Zoo outside of Los Angeles, which is, you know, just an hour, hour and a half drive from LA and, uh, they're a rescue and rehab zoo. And the director there we talked to was the head of the American Zoo Association. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just an amazing resume that you wouldn't know unless you went to this little pocket community up there. So, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, we I want recommendations from people. I want to build this, grow this, and I want to always know, oh, I'm excited because Kira's interviewing this person next week, and I can't wait for that to hit. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I think you and I should shut up and let people listen to the first episode. What do you think? I agree. Where you will be, and I will step back to the uh, to the cheap seats to listen. <laughs> awesome! It was good to talk to you, Nathan. You too, Kira. I'm sure we'll do another one of these um, very soon. Yeah, let's see where we are in a year. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So listeners, I hope that you will check out the next three episodes that dropped along with this one. We have some super exciting guests coming your way, and truly, this podcast is something special. I finish every episode with a quote, and so I'd like to finish this one with a quote as well. This is by John Muir, and he says, When one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it connected to the rest of the universe. We hope you enjoy our show. Be sure to join us each week. And if you like it, go ahead and give us that five-star rating and that nice review. Our show is produced by Eric Johnson, me, Kira Dorian, and Edge. Thanks for listening.